views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to <coughs> Don't Eat Before You Start a Show. You have to speak. Uh, welcome back to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm your host, Nate. Um, and there's a queen somewhere, <laughs> a couple places. Uh, but I am, um, this is one of the last shows for the year. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not excited to do this show because it's on a topic that is a little, you know, still a little tender to my heart. Um, we're going to be talking about a couple, you know, celebrities and their children and the dynamic of some um, recent uh, posts and comments on social media from both the parents and the children. Um, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll be talking about some things, some highlights from the year, and you know who we all are. So, without further ado, we are late. Uh, I have Blue Waters, um, the thorn in my side, uh, Blue Waters. So, once he come on, we can introduce this this child. She's a he is he is Greg, and so. Uh, yeah, so can we get blue on? If you don't see, we're uh, here. Oh, you can see me in the back. Y'all can see me in the back right there. That's me. We're in my studio space. Um, just been open and gearing up for the holidays. We have one more day. Uh, we'll be open till 8 o'clock tonight and then 11 till 8 p.m. tomorrow. So all those last-minute gifts and... You know, if you got some parties or some holiday uh, festivities, you're going to come by and snag yourself some nice uh, jewelry and such. I think I'm going to keep this angle for uh, next year. Uh, but I'm, uh, yeah, so hey, Blue. Hey. <laughs> I'm back. Hey, everyone out there. It's the kitten. Yeah, he's been playing hooky the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so what's going on what's new uh nothing it's the end of another year i mean mm -hmm. wow it was just january i mean time is moving it was too. it was literally just 2019 actually yeah it's moving too fast for me honestly i just want and i know this is an unpopular opinion but i just want the world to be quiet again um well, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit too noisy. I had gotten used to, you know, four or five people in the store at a time, um, three people in a supermarket at a time. I want that to go. I want. I want it to go back to that. I don't want it to be a pandemic. I don't want any of the other things to go along with well, it. Well, Blue, if I can, if I can impart any information onto you, if you got your ass up early and went. 
typically there's nobody in the store. So no, I'm not getting up. No, see, that's the problem. I'm not getting up at five or four to go to the store. No, I want to. I... Well, there's an alternative now. So you don't even have to do all of that. Um, a lot of the markets, um, do not uh, say a lot of the stores are on those apps. So you can even go to Amazon or Instacart or the Grubhubs now have convenience stores and markets and such on them. Um, that is convenient. Any hidden charges with a lot of that stuff, you're probably paying more than you would be in the store. I actually like going into the store. I just don't like to be around a lot of people. And I and yeah, that's simply it. I just don't like but to be you around. Live on, you you live on the earth with other people, so that's going to happen at some point. Yeah, and guess what? I'm selective about those people. <laughs> but I don't I don't know what I don't know what places you was going to, but the market was the uh, hangout spot during the pandemic. For you, that's where everybody went. No, that's where everybody went to mingle. When I say it was people socializing. Uh, people was getting dressed to go to the market, like really dressed to go to the market, not just Walmart or Target, but like to the market. Uh, but oh. yeah, that is it turned into like the hangout spot for a second there. I wasn't going to that market. <laughs> all of them, I'm telling you, like all of them. I'm not just hookups, but like people became very sociable mm -hmm. during the pandemic. In, in places like the market where you normally like put your hoodie on and mind the business. People were, hey, how you doing? I saw you in here before. People had never spoken to you before. No, I'm not socializing in the market. Now, if I was at the mall, different story, but not at the market. I'm in there. First of all, I'm I'm too busy looking for sale. I don't know. And I have to go up and down every eye. So I need to focus. I'm trying to find in. Um, yeah, you that lady. You like my mother. I can't move. I can't do that. Focus, and I and, and I have a list, but it depends on what I'm doing because I buy my meats at a different time. So I make because I have a deep freezer, so I'm gonna buy my meats at a different time because I'm gonna fill my freezer up, and then I'm gonna go back to the market and I'm gonna get all the other stuff. See, so, and I go to two. I, I go to different markets for different stuff because certain markets they got they have good produce, and other markets not so much. I wouldn't go save a lot for like me. I'm mm -hmm. not going. I would go there for like you know maybe uh um any like canned goods or stuff like that. The stuff that right. you don't have to be pressed over. But for my meat, I'm gonna go someplace. I might even go out to the county someplace for my meat. Mm. Well, hey. I mean that's that's so a good you, thing. You gotta be selective about the meat you eat. Uh, that's what they tell you. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Not at all meat ain't good for you. Well, that's that's been saying. I'm not disputing you. I'm just saying that's what they say. But uh, mm. but I am here. Um, this has been um an interesting year. 2022 has been a very interesting year. I had a project that brought me into this year that you thought I was him project that this wrapped in the, at the end of November. So it's been a couple weeks of just me. <laughs> I um, kind of took a break from human beings. Um, I met some really interesting human beings. Um, the dynamics of some relationships have changed um, mm. in this uh, 
this year. Um, I've gotten a little bit more connected and present. Um, sometimes as an artist and as a black man in general, you can sometimes be distant and, you know, in your head a lot. And I've mm -hmm. learned to be more present and available for those who are available for me. Um, sometimes coming to a club at night in the cold when you don't feel like it, simply because a friend asks you to. Um, stuff like that, you know? Uh, <laughs> oh, you for somebody. A couple times. Oh. You needed it. It's somebody's basement, a basement party. Good for you, though. You see, you you should have actually come in and you and saw some of the talent. You would have enjoyed it. I was there, so you were there, but were you actually there? Oh, for that night, I'm no. Uh, and now we can talk off camera about why I didn't um, come in there that night. Um, uh, <laughs> but again, so I did some things. I got to, you know, strengthen some relationships. I met a couple different individuals, got to work with some pretty uh, great guys. Um, uh, during the project, shout out to Patrick, PJ, and Eddie Satterfield and Brother Calvin, got to know him a little bit better. Noah, uh, Troy, all the men from the community conversations. I'm trying to remember all those names and it's not coming to my head right now, but a great group of guys um, got to really solidify, you know, some deeper bonds with people and initiate conversations. Um, our accountability circle with Blue and DDM and Troy, which we're working on expanding that in the new year um, as well and, and doing some other great things. So you thought I was some project came out of that accountability circle and this being more accountable and like I said, present and available for those who are available for me. And that that seems real petty and selfish, but for me, it's a boundary issue. Um, and I can't pour out my cup to the point where I'm empty uh, because then I'm empty. Then I'm, you know, searching. Um, I got to connect with some great artists this year as well. I've been working with the Black Arts District and meeting quite a few entrepreneurs and artists. Um, I moved my space this year. I got to participate in Baltimore Fashion Week, and I think I did a great job. Um, you did an excellent job. With the help of some really incredible people. Um, and uh, shout out to Brother Calvin for that also. He came and helped me. He was a great help for that process. Um, and yeah, just, just had some really great conversations this year that kind of shocked me. Uh, because I don't typically get that personal. And crazy enough, I don't typically meet me and a lot of people, but I've gotten the chance to meet me and other people, um, which sounds very arrogant, but it was actually an interesting thing to be mirrored uh, in, my, in my space. I normally meet people who are polar opposite of my personality, but I got to um, do that and rekindle some relationships. We lost some people this year, of course, as we have been throughout this pandemic very randomly and suddenly. Um, uh, I got to travel just a slight bit, um, not as not as far or as frequent as I wanted to, but I've definitely, definitely been dedicating myself to my art, 
specifically my jewelry art in um, the next in the next week I'll be definitely slowing down a little bit and really strategizing for next year shout out to all the grants that I'll be <laughs> writing and um, doing and this year really showed me no matter what happens is keep moving my computer stopped working um, a couple weeks ago um, right after it's like when you get a, a lump sum of money then shit just start breaking down so, but I just, I've been moving and just making a way without my lovely computer, but we're going to, we're going to work that out for the new year. We're going to get that together. Um, what else did I do? Yeah, that's it. How about you, Blue? Um, this was, a this was a traumatic year. It was a lot of loss this year. Mm -hmm. um, um, I had an opportunity to do a lot of things that I actually, um, neglected to do, but I needed it. It was actually mm -hmm. therapy theater. You know, I love doing theater. I love acting, but I- He was in demand this year. Oh. I, I stopped oh. doing it, period. And yeah, I mean, and it was exciting. I mean, I forgot how much work goes into acting. Um, mm -hmm. Not something that you can just wake up and just do no. It is a, it's, it's an actual career. You actually have to put hours in real work and dedication right. in. And it was tiresome, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. and I do a lot more of it. Um, I was able to do a lot of um, performances with um, the um, Jonathan Gilmore and Funktopia. Shout out to yeah. the family. Um, they've been doing a lot. Um, it is um, that is something that has always been a kind of a, a dream to be in a, a group. You know, uh, with individuals, it was kind of like the parliament where everyone sings. Everyone is very theatrical. It's very dramatic, um, and so that's that group. And I, you know, I got the opportunity to perform with a lot of talented individuals in Baltimore that I probably would not have performed with had it not been for um, Jonathan. Um, I'm what people probably they may assume about me is that I'm extroverted, but in reality, I'm very introverted. And so I don't go out as much as people assume. That is true. Yes, it's true. I'm actually a homebody. I like to be snuggled up at home in front uh, with my hibiscus tea. Um, um, what is it? Um, binge watching um, cartoons or something like that. So I'm actually a very, I'm a homebody, but this was a year where I was really active, more active than I normally would be. Um, so I'm glad that I'm doing that because I need to do more of it. And it was it was exciting. Um, again, like I said, it was a lot of loss, um, but there were also a lot of blessings. There were a lot of hit blessings. You know, um, like you said, they, um, you thought I was him, that project. That was an excellent project. That was an extra production. I think everyone that performed did an excellent job um, to actually see our come to life that conversation come to life. That was, and the, the fact that Troy and the writers brought it to life, that was an excellent thing. That was, it was, it was amazing to watch. Um, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, cause what I expected was far in left field. And when I saw, I'm like, oh, you know what? He fucking did that thing. So I was like, okay, you know what? You, you really put your mm -hmm. foot into that. Y'all, I mean, it was really, it was really good. Um, and I'm looking forward to see how, how it evolves. I'm looking forward to 2023. You know, um, of course, you know, you leave, you leave some people behind. 
Some people are leaf people. Some people are branch people. And some mm-hmm. people are people. And so I know who my root people are. They, they've been with me through thick and thin. Um, I, I see who my branch people are, but I've left the leaves behind. So it's, mm-hmm. a whole, yeah, it's a whole new season. And I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to everything that's coming. You know, um, shout out to Linza. She beats the hell out of my face. You know, when I need her to beat my face. Because let me tell you, I do not like to wear makeup all the time, but I'm getting into enjoying it much, much more. Um, I have artistic ideas for the new year that you're going to be helping me on. You already. Oh, no. um, so we're not going to have this. We're not going to do this whole. Let know. me let me call my manager real quick. Manager, can you get my, that invoice ready? Thanks. So back to what I was saying about the fact that <laughs> we lead in with invoices in 2023. Uh, and that's nice. And that's fine. Um, I'm going to need you to go ahead on and write yourself into that grant so that you can just go ahead and pay yourself. There you go. Do that. You do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to performing a lot more. Um, I'm glad that you know I'm working still. I just I'm a, a new I'm a first time homeowner, so so there's been a lot. You've you know, been working them them um beats. Expanding my family, so you know um I may be I may be with child soon. Mm. Um, <laughs> save us, Lord, save us. Save fertile, us Lord. fertile these days, so I may be with child soon. Um, save them, Lord. Save them. Save me from what? Mm, I said save us, Lord. Save you? Yeah. Yes, all of us. We need saving from you. What? Little old me? I'm just a big... I'm well, a t- you know, and I didn't want to end... First of all, I want to... Um, before we get into the topic, um, and today's topic is do as I say, not as I do. Um, the toxic parent edition. Um, <laughs> and before we get into the topic today, I wanted to one touch on the loss of um, a young man. I got to meet him one time. He did a dance um, workshop in DC and I got to take that workshop. Um, the young man Twitch, um, most people know him from, if you're in the dance world, you know him from being on You So You Think You Can Dance and um, being a choreographer, uh, but most, mostly from The Ellen Show. He was the DJ for a number of years um, on The Ellen Show. And, you know, funny enough, he actually wasn't a DJ, but she created that lane for him because she was so impressed with his professionalism and his personality. And we learned recently that he took his own life um, and uh, his wife has made a statement um, in that vein. Um, he he left home one day, um, he didn't take his car. Um, he got to a hotel that was only a few minutes away from his home um, and nobody really understood. Well, they, allegedly there's a, a, a letter that he left behind, but it's only been speculation up until this point. Um, his wife hasn't really made a lot of statements, um, just one, I think, official one, and then she's been posting on social media. But he was the father of 
three kids. I think him and his wife have been married for about 14 years or so. Um, and they both have two children together and his wife had a child before him, um, a 14 year old girl. And so he left that family behind. And uh, I've been watching Ellen's page also uh, after this. And she's been really expressing a lot of grief, uh, but uh, he took his life. And this is the time in the year where people typically um, get those holiday blues. We call them the holiday blues, but it's depression um, because the holidays, we have this number of holidays that run right congruent with each other. And it, it forces you to miss family members. And because many of us have lost family members, many of us have been in a financial struggle or, you know, um, bond these last couple of years because things have been up and down, especially somebody like him in the entertainment world where, you know, your next job could mean the difference between getting your next job could mean the difference between, you know, surviving and not. And he just, you know, the Ellen show just ended last year. So, well, not last year, um, last season. Um, so people don't understand celebrities be just as much strapped for cash as humans. They normally have their personality to get them by, but you never know people's financial um, statement. Um, but um, I wanted to uh, put that out there and they actually have a um, new hotline for, um, for the suicide. The suicide helpline is still the same. You can still use that. Um, but they have a new cold line and I'm trying to pull it up um, to be able to help people to make it more accessible. Um, and I posted it on my uh, page, uh, my Instagram page, but 988. So like you call 311 or 911, you mm -hmm. can dial 988 and it takes you right to that suicide crisis hotline. Um, and it is, it's, I think they did that to make it more accessible for younger people um, who may not feel as comfortable. And you can chat or you can text or you can just call. Um, and it gives people options to be able to communicate because sometimes people aren't in a space to be able to talk about it naturally or normally. Um, and uh, this generation is big on, this. not just this generation, people period today are much better at texting um, their thoughts and conversations and such as they are picking up a phone. So the hotline number uh, what is and still is 1-800, um, um, oh shoot, I know damn well I can't see this. 1-800-273-TALK, uh, mm -hmm. I think it's 273-TALK, suicide hotline or you can uh, text uh, 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, and it's, uh, it is very much so a help and a blessing to people who may be feeling alone and they you know, can get some really thorough advice if they don't have a therapist on hand or it may be the holiday season and the therapist may be on break. Um, but it's a great space to be able to go to. Um, I, I wanted to bring that up, um, one, because, you know, we all have been in a deep depression. I, I've talked about it this last, you know, throughout the pandemic, actually. I, it was the, I had a platform to be able to get out and vent, uh, but it was, it's been stressful. And even coming back from the pandemic, 
um, and still, you know, being faced with possibly getting COVID. And I have friends that are still getting COVID for the first time um, and being put down for a couple of weeks or a week or so. So it's still very real. People are still suffering and trying to get back from it. Um, and I think we all should be a little bit more sensitive to that because not everybody had a, a, a steady income or um, people around them. Some people were living alone. Some people were struggling. Some people were really just going through in a household full of people, some people. But um, yes, yeah, so I wanted to make knowledge of that. Send my condolences to Twitch family, anybody who has lost their life in general, um, to the families and friends um, who are left behind when things like that happen. So, yeah, so I definitely wanted to put that out there. And you want to add to that, Blue, you're welcome. No, I, I'm glad that you did bring that up. This is, I mean, um, so this is the time of the year where um, things become a lot heavier, you know. Mm -hmm. um, those family-oriented holidays are the ones that really tend to weigh in. And like I said earlier today, you know, this was a year for a year of a lot of loss for myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, you know, for many individuals that are my call friend, um, they experience a lot of loss themselves. And you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know his situation. Um, one thing that I'm glad that um, we're able to see is that you can't tell when a person is depressed mm -hmm. and tell when they're suicidal. So check on your check on your loved ones. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, what I've been hearing um, a lot of is, you know, I wish I had more time. And mm -hmm. so the time that you do have, you know, um, people are holding grudges. This is not the time to be holding grudges because time, you know, you, it, a person is here one minute and they're gone the next, you know. Um, Just had, as a matter of fact, you know, um, I wasn't able to attend her her funeral. Um, and it was that weighed in on me because I, I really wanted to be there, but I couldn't be there because I had already committed to something else. Um, but on Thanksgiving Day, I lost somebody. Um, mm -hmm. And it was very impactful for me, you know, as helping me develop the confidence to be myself. Um, she was very in, in, um, influential. And so, um, and so, you know, and I think sometimes we take for granted those individuals. Um, I had grown, you know, I hadn't seen her in several years and I just saw her um, maybe, I'm gonna say about three months ago, maybe during the summertime, it was, I would say right at the beginning of fall. Um, mm -hmm. I was having some issues with my car. Here she comes driving along and, you know, yelling out the window. And then I get a message that she's gone. Um, and so we need to value the times that we have with those special loved ones in our lives. I don't know what occurred. I don't know what he was dealing with. A lot of times people, have, they have things that they've been dealing with for a long time. And you may never know that because they've been good at masking. And so... Um, and it's really hard to be vulnerable in a world that's so judgmental. You get what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like it's really, um, I, I, it's easy to say, go to counseling, go to um, therapist, but um, those are individuals too. Um, and so you, you feel kind of um, apprehensive about sharing your nakedness with everyone. And that's what therapy does. You have to be, be okay with getting naked. 
And that is not something that you do readily. You, I mean, we have problems with getting connected with people that we're intimate with. So imagine yeah. have to do that with someone, you know, on a, a um, and it's about something that you may you may not be even comfortable sharing it with yourself. So we never know what people are dealing with, and we have to be very mindful that um, what we're asking them to do requires them to be okay with bearing themselves to someone else, and that's mm -hmm. not done. Um, so I, I'm I'm very appreciative of the fact that you brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. I would would definitely say. Um, be mindful of yourselves, you know, mm -hmm. um, self-care is very important for professionals, you know, um, self-care is for any profession, you know, mm -hmm. um, there are healthcare workers that you don't realize that what they have to see and they have to endure is traumatic, you know, working in a hospital is very traumatic, seeing someone die in and out or seeing someone with, um, you know, wounds, um, um, like, you know, gunshot wounds and stab wounds and things. That's very traumatic. Working as yeah. um, um as uh what is it M EMS, that's traumatic. Mm -hmm. So that's traumatic. Being a teacher, mm -hmm. traumatic, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of trauma that people are exposing themselves to. And we have been conditioned to be workhorses and we're not really taking care of ourselves. I think the it's, biggest thing yeah. individuals are struggling with is neglect. Um, neglecting themselves, you know, mm -hmm. not rest. Even myself, you know, um, one of the biggest issues with me was working too much, you know, trying to make ends meet, but not taking care and of myself. And that's where it, you know, that um, it's easy for your um, emotional and psychological health to start to deteriorate as a result yeah. of taking care of yourself. Eating the right things, you know, getting some rest, taking a vacation, even if it's, it doesn't have to cost anything. Shut the phone off, um, you know, unplug your, unplug, um, um, your television, um, mm. sit with yourself. Um, mm. Well, a lot of people have made their careers or jobs or passion their therapy because, as you said, they can't often talk to other people. You made a comment early and and I and sometimes I'm I'm very direct with what I think and feel but it and I didn't take what you said disrespectfully but often people become negative or they become you know the sour pots of the of the bunch because they don't have people to talk to you know when when we when we talk to people our business becomes community information and and for that reason, people don't often have things that they can talk about. Or people do that thing where, you know, you'll you'll be all right, you'll you'll be good. Just, you know, just muscle through. This, you know, focus and that, on something else. Or and that is something that's been engraved in, I mean, especially with black people, you know, um, we mm -hmm. want the Lord in prayer, we want to sweep it under the under the rug or we want to you know hide it in a closet um and we don't actually face it a lot of us um struggle with fear you know and we don't have um, confidence to address our own personal demons and the individuals that we go to don't really assist us or support us with 
facing those things that may be difficult to face, but it's necessary for you to thrive. And so um, I think it's very important that we make a space for those types of conversations, but that we're also aware that it is not something that is going to happen instantly. It takes time. It takes patience. Um, we're in a capitalist society, so it's like we are programmed to be robots. Um, mm -hmm. But as into what you, uh, what your topic is, it's a prop. It's a primary reason why some of what is going on with the topic that you're talking about, parenting, mm -hmm. difficult for celebrities. You know, being yeah. in this like having your life put on display, and that it becomes an issue with the you that you want the world to see and the you that you are. Right. And then comes that's an that's an internal conflict, and you see that play out. And so for individuals like Twitch, we may not know. You like we we won't. We'll never know what he had to endure, what he was actually dealing with. And it's sad to say that you know I wish, um, you know I truly wish that he did have an opportunity. We don't know if he did have an opportunity to talk someone to to um talk to someone and it didn't pan out the way that it should. We don't know if information changed his trajectory. You don't know mm -hmm. so what went on in his personal life. You don't know what type of news he um he got that morning. You don't know what it was, you know. Um it's just a lot of questions and unfortunately there are a lot of individuals that are going through the same thing. I see them all the time. So, so, so as we move into this conversation, it was this sparked in me because over the last couple of weeks, I've been um, hearing various conversations. It actually, and I didn't add him to this person to speaking of Nick Cannon. I didn't add him to our advertisement for the day because. I don't think his issue is going to come out until his children are grown. And he has two twins by Mariah Carey that I believe are almost teenagers now, if not teenagers. But mm -hmm. the rest of his children, so mm -hmm. I think he has 11 or 12 children. Well, so I believe. The rest of his children are mm -hmm. under the age of five or five and under. So that's mm -hmm. about 10 children under the age of five. And he came out speaking about being overwhelmed. And people have been remarking about him for a minute. And I was one of those people because I think he was having children for the reason of having a legacy versus um, having children because that's just where he was with his relationship. I don't even think he was thinking about who he was having them with because I believe it's six different women and about 12 children. And 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 the majority of them are un five and under. And the pattern is he's been going back. So it's like um he's like, you know, if he say for instance he's with A, then he goes yeah. to B. Then he yeah, goes some to of them have multiple children. At different times. So it's yeah, like so two of them has three well, children with them at different ages. Mariah has two. It's only I think it's two of them that have one. It's Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a juggle. So like, you know, I know that they had the his family the tree, and so they mm -hmm. showed like, oh, um, this child was born first. This child like the first two, and then mm -hmm. three born with this one. Four was born with that. When he went back to the last one and had five, and then written mm -hmm. six, and 
went, met another person that had seven, then went back to this one that has set eight. So it's been a lot of back and forth. And I mean, it's, I mean, I can't, I don't know. So I can only give my opinion. And I really yeah. don't, I don't really have an opinion about it. I mean, I, well, many people were speculating because he was having, he, a lot of people didn't realize it, but he had his thick nesticle cell. Um, what is it that, that Tony Braxton had? Lupus. And because he was having some health challenges with lupus, um, they, people have been speculating that's kind of probably why he saw his uh, mortality, right, go flash before his face. And that prompted him to start having, because they were really out of the blue. Once he had the two with Mariah and they separated, it just became, you know, uh, a spiraling effect. But I, I brought him, I prefaced this conversation and moving into our topic, if we can put the, the topic up, uh, which is um, do as I say, not as I do as I say, not as I do, because subsequently we were hearing about Nick Cannon throughout time. We were hearing about future the same way. Um, a number of these dads, we don't realize have multiple children um, up to 11, 10. Mur I think Eddie Murphy has 11 and, you know, um, and not getting into anybody's pocket, but Nick Cannon's recent response, like he said this, um, he was getting burnt out. And you can't, no matter how much money you got, you got money to fly private jets to get from this person's home to that person's home, it still does not equate for time and the quality of that time. Especially if you got to get to another kid and what if this kid lives in New York and this one in LA and this one is sick and this one has a football game? How do you prioritize what you're doing, and then equate that to quality time spent. And I'm sure he has the money to be able to get them every weekend and fly them all in. But over time, then you're having to work three and four times harder to maintain a, a status of living that you're used to and to be able to pay for all these private jets that he's probably taking. You know, um, so I see him having these issues with a bunch of memoirs being written by baby mothers and the children speaking out as the children that we're going to talk about today speaking out. So we have, so on, on our list today, we have Little Romeo, which is Master P's son. We have, um, we have Little Bow Wow, which um, him and Jermaine Dupri are going through some things and Jermaine Dupri has been his dad in the industry for a number of years, him being raised by a single mom. And Jermaine Dupri has publicly spoken about kind of being his surrogate parent. Um, we also have, uh, which has been in the news for a number of years now, uh, 50 Cent and his son. And then recently, Little Scrappy, if you don't know Little Scrappy, he's a rapper. He's on the Love and Hip Hop franchise. And it's recently come out in the show and on social media how he is he is having a visceral reaction to how he was raised his mom and him have spoken about his mother being like a pimp like literally pimping women out um and selling drugs out of their home and recently it has come out and i hope that it's not just a storyline but it's really him trying to purge and get it out um him really confronting his mother and it has not been pretty 
And it started with how his mother was treating his current uh, relationship. And it just spiraled out of, to, to include how he was raised and how she has totally disregarded how that affected him. Um, Little Romeo, it started with Twitch, with Master P writing a post about Twitch and Little Romeo responding how interesting it is for somebody to uh, give their condolences to a man that they don't even know and have children suffering with the same thing and he totally ignored that. 50 Cent has been in the news for um, not spending the time, simply sending checks and being disconnected with the son because him and the mother are going through things. So the child then reached out and uh, one of his last interviews was like, you can have all the money. I'll pay you umpteen dollars to spend time with me. And it sounds like a bunch, in all these different cases, it sounds like a spool brat child or adult in the case of all of them, really, because all of these are adults now, uh, speaking out on their relationships or lack thereof with their parents. And the parents then go on to social media as well, responding to a child um, about whatever issue it is. And, and one of my, um, I actually made a statement on Facebook because it was just, I, I was watching a bunch of podcasts and they were talking about these stories as if these wasn't real people. And I, you know, and, and then I was very upset at how the parents, 50 Cent, Master P now, Jermaine Dupree never speaks out, but he always has people who speak out for him. In this case, it was, um, what's her name? The Brett who is a close friend of both of theirs. And she spoke out against uh, uh, him as well. And my, my statement was simply, it is wrong how we thrust our children into adulthood without, uh, with, with warped perceptions, unrealistic expectations, and generally effed up foundations. And then hope that, uh, hope that through the concrete, a rose will blossom. This is not an attack on parents, but more so an entire village. We are really out here expecting our next generations to be the manifestation of all our hopes and dreams, simply because we got them out the hood, uh, simply because we put them in better schools, simply because we, we married or hooked up with someone outside our race. Uh, simply because we spool them. Uh, we do all this without fixing the generational trauma that became their birthright. Do we really think our children aren't affected by the trauma, whether we, whether we talk to them about it or not? Do you really think our children do not see or don't absorb our symptom decision-making? I hope this message is taken as a call to action and not a judgment call. Let's normalize making steps to getting it right, even if the child is 65 plus years old. P.S. Children. And this is a message just to the, the, the children or the adults of these parents. Uh, give the grace and mercy you want to receive, whether you think your village deserves it or not. Listen and respond from your heart, speak plainly and without resentment. 
And in this conversation, we kind of discussed when we did the community conversations too, do words hurt, do wisdom hurt? Um, uh, does parenting hurt? You know, uh, what I said to say all that, what are you thinking, Blue? I'm thinking a lot of things. I'm over here and my ADHD is kicking my ass because I've been wanting to jump in and say something for the longest. Um, so there are several different factors with each of those families. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that one, you have to address that. Um, right. Also, we're talking about a social economic thing um, right. because a lot of what they're dealing with, if you were poor, you're not going to, if you're going to experience that completely different. Um, mm -hmm. and like, you know, you're a spoiled brat, but it's a, it's a social economic uh, uh, difference there. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll start with, because um, I can't lump them together because they're all different. They have well, different- Well, I'll say the, the one common thread amongst them all was the parent was seemingly trying their hardest to make it or do their best. And I can clearly see that. And I but get, the children saw it differently, and now it's starting to come out in their adulthood. That's the common thread in all of them. And I think that, well, okay, so for Nick, I can actually I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, um, he saw his own mortality. He desires to have a big family. But mm -hmm. if he's making a choice to do that, he doesn't have to. doesn't have to make a baby with every female he comes into contact with. He has 11, he has 12. So he's making a choice to put himself in a position where he's frustrated and overwhelmed. That's a choice. He doesn't right. have to do that, you know? And so now you can't play victim over, you know, you made a decision to do that. You consciously stated, I, you know, I'm going to have, I'm deliberately going to engage in an act that's going to cause me to have to be responsible for another life. That's a choice. So you have to take a responsibility for that choice. Um, I think speaking to what we are in this era, I think because we we have social media, we think that this is the best form of communication, and it really isn't for a lot of things because a lot of it is 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 construed, you know, um, and you it's a lot of missing information, and so you're getting one side, you're getting this side, you're getting that side. But you don't get the backstory. You don't get the little other the other details that is necessary for you to really understand why things are the way that they are. You get what I'm saying? So you only mm -hmm. get a little bit of the information. We assume that um, you know there's an assumption that Nick Cannon may be you know this gigolo that's jumping around bed to bed, bed to bed. But we don't know if that's the case. We don't know if that. We don't know if. It's a poly, a polygamous relationship where he's come, you know, he's spoken to these women and they're okay with having these multiple babies with him because of who he is. We don't know that. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Information that we don't know. And for me, I have a problem with I'm old school. Why we why do I need to know your business? You know, why do I need to know the um, what's going on in your family? Because you, I got shit going on in my family. Mm -hmm. I don't need to know about your family. Um, and I think it's, and to me, I think when you, it, like, I think it's because you're, entertain, they're entertainers that everything is attention seeking. And if you were really trying to get some help, you would need to air it out online. 
that's my biggest issue. That was one. So now I'm speaking about the um, Little Romeo. Um, is that not, is it Little Romeo and Master P? Master P, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that he, you know, there was a recent death. I think he lost his sister. There's a tragedy there. Um, so there's a that yeah, was one of the ones that was suffering from some mental uh, right. struggles, mental um, health struggles. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I believe that she was dealing with some mental health issues. I don't know if it was mm -hmm. something to that nature, but I do know that he lost his sister. They may have been close. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I believe that Master P handled it in his own way. I feel like Little Romeo may have felt neglected. Um, he may have felt like, you know, um, there was something to be said about what was going on in their family situation. Um, mm -hmm. And it felt like, you know, my father is not giving me the attention that I need. You know, and that's what I got from that is like, I need, I really need some attention. I really need you to be here. And a lot of times parents don't know how to be there. You know, mm -hmm. um, they don't know how to be there. There's not a manual about parenting. And so it's, you know, they are, it's a struggle for them. Even with all that he has, the billions of dollars that he has at his disposal, he still, you know, he himself does not have all of the answers and he needs some support, you know, even at, with all of that, he may need some assistance with how do you handle grief? How do you handle because he may not know how to deal with him himself because whereas little Romeo lost a sister, he lost a child. Right. So it it impacts them differently, but it's impacting him. It may be the fate. And a lot of times what happens is, is that if you're not grieving the way that I'm grieving, that you're my, you, something is wrong. But we, diff, we, we handle things differently and that's where communication is necessary. And a lot of times when we're communicating, we're not communicating with the intent of understanding we're trying to persuade we'll respond and that is where it is that's where the breakdown happens we're trying to convince the other person that our way of thinking is the only way that we that you should be seeing it and that's not fair so mm -hmm. that Romeo situation because i just believe when i saw it i'm like well okay he said something you know he's he sent a sympathy this that and the other um if you had something to say, you have your phone for his phone number, you have his address. The last place you need to air it out is on social media. Now it looks like, oh, so why are you saying it here? Why do everybody, what, what was the purpose? What's the intention? Because now it looks like now you're just trying to be messy. And what do you want to do with that? What is your intention? Are you, are you trying to hurt this individual because you yourself feel hurt? And if that's the case, then what are you, are you intending on resolving this at any point or are you trying to dissolve this bridge? So that, that's where I was thinking, like, are you, are you deliberately trying to mess up your relationship? Are you trying to say, look, I'm going to have a conversation? Because there's so many ways in which you can do that in a more mature manner. And that's what I saw that there was a lack of maturity. And, 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 and I get that. And, and I get that. Because it's the reason why I give thanks for the backspace button every time. And, and there, there were plenty of moments where I felt pressure to post what I was feeling. Because this is my space on the internet and I can post what I want to post. 
-hmm. We also have to put into consideration, especially with some of these ones that may be under 30 or under 35, they've grown up with this as an outlet. And we push them to not talk about stuff, but then I give you this space where you can write whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a balance that, one, we have to normalize having conversations. Because if, if it was a case of being mature, if it was a case of simply being able to call up a dad and talk to him, that would have happened. I'm sure it would have happened already. But, but sometimes I, on the parent side, parents don't often leave themselves open for criticism. Well, and I, and I agree. But I also believe that um, I think that to a degree, I believe that um, you go after what you want. Mm -hmm. If you truly desire something, you'll know you go after it. It's so. My question is, do you really want it? And that's why I'm always about what is your intentions. And so in this situation, that's why, like for me, it is okay. Um, you, I, I get it. You may be, um, you may be feeling some kind of way because of the experience, the loss that you've experienced. But maybe mm -hmm. the situation triggered something in Master P, which prompted him to say that because of the fact that he lost someone similar in a similar way. You get what I mean? So it it to me, that was the prime example, that um, not prime example, the prime time for that conversation to happen. And right. that's where they need therapy. You know, sometimes you need someone to come in there to help you navigate that conversation because you're unable to do right. it for yourself. But my, with my experience, um, and not just personally with my parents, but from my experience, what I've seen, what I've personally experienced, what I've you know witnessed, um, it's right true. You go after the things you want, but that other party has to want it also. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a struggling battle between you and that person. And I'm I'm honestly I'm not here to, you know, who's right, who's wrong, but at the same time, people go to social media and air out their dirty laundry because they don't have quality people around them that are open and willing to deal with that. Doing that amongst people you know is considered negativity. And that I have a problem with that because you are you are part of my village, whether it's natural or chosen. And I am considered negative for bringing my grievances to someone who I thought would listen. Now, the problem is when that person keeps coming to you with the same issue and there has been no change or growth in that situation. I yeah. get that. But then there's no communication with that either. You're not saying, hey, look, I need you to go get some help because you've come to me five different times with the same problems over the last five years. Mm -hmm. Something needs to change. We don't communicate in that way. We say it's no negative vibes, no low vibrations around me. 2023, stay the fuck away from me if you got all that. And that that then, is, why do we think people, somebody like a Twitch, would go to a hotel and shoot himself? opposed to talking to a wife that he has at home. Not because, to say that it is at anybody's fault, because you don't know that people would do that. Because but what people don't realize is that emotion, dealing with people emotionally is taxing. 
And Communicate what, that then. Communicate it. Yeah, and but the fact is, is that a lot of times what happens is, is that um, there is vicarious trauma. And so mm -hmm. the that even though you may appear, it looks like everything is okay, you don't know if you're unearthing some stuff within me as a result of the conversation about something that you're dealing with. And then but now- Blue, I'm, and I'm hearing all of this, and I know that's partially Blue and partially the professional, but we have to start communicating. If me coming to you oh, about my issue is a trigger for you, that's, it's a trigger for you because you have not communicated that to your friends. You're keeping it inside the same way I have been trying to keep it inside. But that and is that's what, a problem. But that's always been an issue. Communication okay. has been a big issue. Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to what I was saying. What is your intention? A lot right. of people are not, they communicate to be heard, but they're not communicate to understand. Yeah. And communicating empathically to hear what the person is really saying because you may it may just because i'm cussing and fussing i'm loud you're here yeah. you're seeing my reaction you're hearing in what a I'm moment saying. you're not interpreting it you're not really understanding that what i'm really saying is i'm hurt i'm frustrated i'm overwhelmed mm -hmm. um i don't feel like i'm being heard i don't right. feel like i'm being understood mm -hmm. that's a different type of listening that's a different type of communication. And mm -hmm. it takes skills. Not everybody is skilled with that. And, so, and, I, and I get that. But communicate if this is too much. Because it could be a simple thing as, look, let me, let's me let go together. Let's go to therapy together. Let's go talk to a pastor together. Let's, let's go talk to somebody who I think could. And I've done that with friends all the time. Like, if it was something too heavy for me, I know how to go to my page and say, hey, is there somebody who knows how to do such and such? I've gotten good at being to identify those people, but we don't commit. You getting on my nerves is what I, is given for me. So what I'm saying is, is that even before you get to that point, having the capacity to say, what is it that you want from me? And what mm -hmm. is it that you need from me? Communicate. Communicate. But again, that requires, that's a skill set. And even parents don't have that. So what happens is, is that Master P may not be able, he may have never articulated, what is it that you want from me? And what is it that you need from me? And do you know the difference? Because that may right. have resolved a lot of things, but you have to be able to do that. Well, he's a businessman. He's, you know, and in his mind, he may say, you know what, the reason why I'm doing the things that I'm doing is because I had to grow up in poverty, and I had to, I went through things. So I believe by giving you all of these, this stuff, and by shielding you from my experiences, I'm protecting you. But in some sense, you're handicapping them. You're you handicapping me. Deal with a lot of the things that we consider traumatic. You know, you out here making butter sandwiches, and you know, <laughs> you making uh, uh, hookups with oodles and noodles, and then you stretch mm -hmm. that three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. Had to deal with that. You know, they never had to go to a fucking uh, thrift store and wear hand-me-downs. You get what I'm saying? So it's a different way. I remember, I think we had this conversation when we were in the actual studio as well, because that's one of the things that my mother shares with me about my grandmother, her mother. She felt as though my mother gave me too much, and my mother did not 
show me. She wanted my mother to physically let me feel what it felt to be without. And my right. mother's like, I can't do that to my child. That shit traumatized me. Why would I do that to my child? But my mother didn't communicate that with me until I was grown. Mm-hmm. And had she taken that opportunity to say that to me, even discussing with me the fact that my grandmother said it, it would have it would have set me up in a different way because I, I didn't grow up, you know, um, feeling privileged or feeling better than anybody else or being spoiled. But I, it would have changed the dynamic of what how my mother was doing for me, like the fact that we had a pristine living room, but we could never sit in it or there were certain uh, dishes or things that we could never touch because right. she wanted the the appearance of just having a nice, clean home all the time. It, right. it, it would have put things into perspective for me. It wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have felt so disgruntled. But when I'm listening to these stories, I get both sides. I, I understand it because I, as an adult now, I am older than what my parents were when they had me. I'm older than what my aunts and uncles were when I first came into the world. So I get it in a different way now. However, what I don't, the reason I connected Nick Cannon to this is because we just keep having children not knowing this shit. Well, see, the thing, the difference, however, is again, let's look at social economics. Mm-hmm. He can have that many children because he can successfully provide. But what we take, what a lot of times, and mm-hmm. this, I, I'm so glad, and I wanted to say this, um, I, I, just to uh, go off on a tangent a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of um, uh, young people, what they should do in education is bring back child development and parenting courses in the middle Some school. Some schools are starting to do that, huh? especially, especially on the elementary level. Some schools are starting to incorporate that as a, 360 resource because the reality is is that i think that is necessary to prepare them for adulthood um parenting is adulthood and i think that the the earlier that they are able to understand what it entails it may Mm -hmm. help with making the decision it may make them a lot more responsible um because a lot of times what happens is, is that they're they're functioning acting hormonally so they're not thinking about you know, they, what they've seen, they just mimicking what they saw. There's a potential consequence to this. And child, and even though having a child is a blessing, it's also a responsibility. And a lot of times what happens, I just had with young adults, um, uh, they were, uh, I had several young adults um, and they were like, you know, we were just having sex and the baby came. Like that's what the purpose of <laughs> when you are having sex unprotected, <laughs> There is a chance that a baby will show up. Yeah. You weren't scared for that? And no, they were not. And so what happens, and then what this child is born into a family system where the parents don't like each other no more. But they still have to work together. And now that's an issue because I don't like you. But I have to deal with you because of this child. And now the child feels like, you know what, I'm not really wanted. So that becomes an issue. Now, with Nick Cannon, I don't believe that that was considered, but I do believe he's able to provide for that. 
Now, in terms of giving them each the quality time, I'm able to spend hours and hours. I mean, he can afford to do that if he, you know, he can afford to house all his children in one space if he wants to. But they don't all have one mother, though. And that may not be the case. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, I, I don't believe that in his situation, he may, there is a distinction unless the mothers create that tension between them. But for him to already feel like he's being burnt out, well, especially I, the fact that the bulk of his children, I think out of 12 children, 10 of them are, are five and under. There's going to come plenty of time where there are multiple uh, proms at the same time or multiple graduations, and they're not all going to the same schools. They may not even live in the same state. He made that choice. And, and I get that. I, I totally get that. But then fast forward to a little Romeo, um, a little Bow Wow, I, I forget 50 Cent's son name, little Scrappy. Yeah. Fast forward to them. This is the result of you not, you making decisions and not understanding the long-term effects of your decision. And I'm not expecting for people to get it and they don't get it. But at some point, and I think by the time I got to 30, I was able to see and forgive my parents for something. I'm not saying it's gonna happen to everybody when they turn 30, but that's when it happened for me. At some point, you can no longer claim ignorance. I think it's a just making life choices. And I think you have to really make, you have, I think there is a distinction. And so the reason why I say it's a difference, you have to be careful because Nick's situation is he's not, he's not ignoring his children. He's not neglecting them. Um, and he's making the time for them. So I don't see him but as that's being- not what his, That's not what his child is saying though. That's not what this child is saying. His not, child is saying, you have children who are suffering with the, who has suffered or is suffering with the same thing and you don't even address it. That was wrong. That's, 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 that's little. That wasn't Romeo. Right. So that's why I say you have to make a distinction. Little Romeo's issue is bereavement. No, I, that, no that's, that's how it started. But no, now all it, the other information is coming out as if, you know, little, instead of him paying him for, like, I think he did rap snacks. And he said he just got his first payment after 15 years because his dad was using the money to pay back his taxes. So, so and a lot of this is speculation. So, I'm not, I'm just going by the information that's being put out there. So, hold on, hold on. Let's cut the bullshit. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. Now, this man's father is Master P. Where does he stay? I think he lives on his own now. Now, no, he stayed when he was growing up. I think he stayed with his father. With what type of hot lifestyle was he living, living with his father? And that's again, again, the perception is no, but I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. But no, no. I've experienced this through certain family members. The the perception is I was taking care of you. But if that caretaking was not setting me up and, and building a strong foundation for me, and you were taking things from me and not explaining things to me. And, and for specifically for his case, 
that little been, boy been working since he was a child. Now, but, if he's broke now or something's it, happened, it, it, it's really his problem as an adult. But perception is one thing. Because we see that in a lot of neglectful uh, foster care situations and children in regular parent-child situations. Where yeah, the perception is I'm taking care of this child. But that this, child not eating, they're not being clothed or fed properly. So first of all, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. How old is Romeo? Uh, I think the story, he was 30, I think he's 33 now. He is now at 33 having a problem with the fact that he didn't have, get a check from Little Snacks or Rat Snacks. And I, again, I agree with you on one side of it. But I agree with you on one side. We don't get, because the same thing has happened to Little Scrappy. Little Scrappy has built his career off of being this hustling, you know, dope dealing type of individual. Well, hold on, wait a minute. But he's built, Little Scrappy has built his career off of this. But now, and I believe Little Scrappy is older than I am. So right. now, in his 40s, he's now kind of fighting back on the lifestyle he had as a child. We but don't I, get to tell people when it comes out because sometimes it just happens where I'm thinking about something and shit just not adding up. Or I am coming, I'm reconciling my own behavior and understanding where the origin of it was. And I get that. What I'm saying is it's a different situation mm -hmm. because Crappy's situation was he was brought up in an a traumatic environment. He was too young to process some of the shit that was going on. He wasn't even supposed to be around that. And so the, the difference with little Romeo, though. And I mean, now oh, he's we just haven't heard of, I mean, we're just starting to hear about some of the things from the accounts of little Romeo, the things that was going on in his family. But what I'm saying is, is that it does not sound, it's not to me, it sounds more so with little Romeo, a bereavement issue. It's the fact that I use time for this family and you're not making time for our family. And I believe that you should be making time for our family. I believe that this is the time that you should be reconciling things with us because of the things that we've mm -hmm. going through. And I feel neglected. It does not sound like I was exposed to a lot of shit that really fucked me up as a child, and I never had an opportunity to let but you know. But for, me, but for me, the situations and scenarios may be slightly different. You have to be mindful. But, you have but to neglect, neglect is neglect. Neglect <laughs> is neglect. It's neglect, neglect is neglect. No matter, what, no matter what the neglect was, it's still neglect. Now, no, little it, Romeo is saying it, that in, in his dad's come up, he was everything for everybody else. But so what any of those things that I needed him to be. Neglect is, neglect is what it is what is being neglected. It's a difference. So what I'm saying to you is in Romeo's situation, what is being neglected is the attention that is needed to for the bereavement because of the grief. There may be but some I think, stuff, I think but that's that death of his sibling stuff. was the open door for this, but that's not where it started at. A, I believe that's a symptom of what the bigger issue is. But and that's the same thing. And the reason I picked those four stories was because we're seeing the symptoms or the end result. Or not, I don't want to say the end result. We're seeing 
the right now of where the problem is. And with, where uh, those stories started, totally different. No, but even with 50 Cent story, there's a lot of bad story to that. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know what I'm saying? And it has nothing to do with necessarily 50 Cent. It has more so to do with the young man's mother and 50 Cent. And the young, and, and there was a risk that was him put in a situation where he was um, putting a, in, he was fed information, he was fed a narrative. Now, mm -hmm. my thing is this. His response, 50 Cent's response, may not necessarily be the most nurturing or the most welcoming. Because in his mind, he's like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck your mother. And I don't want nothing to do with either of you. Right. But that's but he's coming from a hurt space. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see it as he didn't want a relationship or he doesn't want a relationship. I feel like 50 Cent himself is too, he's not even emotionally mature about mm -hmm. a lot. From the stuff right. they went through, so right. it, you have to really look at who you're asking to step up to this plate and do these things. Because he himself doesn't have. Yeah, he may be a wonderful rapper. Yeah, he may be have wonderful ideas as a businessman. But in terms of him actually having the emotional capability and maturity to be able to have a real life conversation and work through some situations, I don't believe he's capable of doing it. And so I would not expect him to say, you know what, let me sit and talk to you. Because he hasn't handled a lot of things maturely. Mm -hmm. Not with his son. But in just past interactions, he doesn't function emotionally mature. Right. He doesn't. Um, the other, who was the other one? Um, it was Little Scrappy. Uh, the other one was Little Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow. I believe I... For me, I think Little Bow Wow has a sense of entitlement. Um, you know, sometimes I think that that's also a part of, again, if I'm used to, and this is what, um, uh, what is this? Because when I heard it, I was like, what the hell? I wish the hell somebody would send me this much money, 50 cents, son. And he was like, I grew up in New York. I grew up used to these things, and I'm expect I, I should be able to have these things because this was what I was used to. And my thing is, is that, okay. That's your father's money. That's not necessarily your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. what makes but you think? Again, and I and I get that. But again, we instill these values in our children, then expect that's part of the statement that I made. We send them out into the world and expect for them to be these blossom creatures. And we ain't nurtured them not one bit. Giving someone stuff does not equate to equipping them. So when they turn out to be arrogant or uh, uh, spoiled or entitled, that's what you did to them. But instead of, you, instead of you pouring into them great things, you poured into them stuff. So you see what you said there? That's the reason, that's why I said, be mindful of what we're, the social economics. Because and that's a, that's a, and I said that's the thing that connects all these stories. However, you was if in different if you, things can affect people in the same way, and it seemed like all these children, just like for little Bow Wow, you said he sounded very entitled. Well, Jermaine Dupree was trying to make up for the fact that he didn't have his father, so in doing that, he probably gave him a lot of stuff. So that does it, not help anybody. So is it, so, I mean, and my thing is that I get what you're saying. I absolutely agree with it, you know? Mm -hmm.
that's just the 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 um that's what you get when when you try to open you know what I'm saying that's the result you get that's the consequence you know um you got this individual that feels as though I look I should get this because you're my father and you have this much money so I should get six thousand dollars every month I should get more than that I should get ten thousand dollars every month from you because you have the money to do it but the fact is he may have the money is he earning it what is he doing to and and maybe that's the issue is, is that, okay, yeah, I may have this ability. I have this money. I, even in my family, I, you know, there is, um, you know, there is a thing where, so if you, you they may have it, but they're not just going to readily give it to you. You have to like, are, are you really actively trying to get, get it yourself? What are you doing for yourself to get to this stage, this, this, this level? And I don't believe they have that. I don't believe that they have the same um, upbringing. And I mean, and it and it's not like I think each one of them have had a different perspective. Like little Scrappy is much older than all of them, and I, I think his life has right. transitioned into something where he he has more. But I think what's happening to him now is. As you get older, you realize the shit that I'm doing, this don't amount to nothing. But I think what happened to him was he was able to trace that back to his mother being this self-proclaimed pimp and drug dealer. And mm -hmm. now he's made his life out of being a pimp and a drug dealer. And mm -hmm. that, don't, that don't work out too well when you're trying to grow. And you're trying to move outside of a different framework because that's all I that's how I met little Scrappy. He was rapping that topic, and that's what he that's what his lyrics were about. Chasing the bag and getting the money and what he did to get the money. And I think for him, it just was a realization that his mother wasn't willing to admit that this was damaging, even though that they and and her to her point. He's made his career. He's made his money out of that situation. But, but also, I think mind, she thinks that that helped him. Well, I think it, it, it strengthened him in a sense. But at the same token, it also was it strength him. really though. Yeah, it, yeah. I think that it did. I think that because of who, because of his that story, because of his storyline, it it projected and propelled him forward. Did it damage him? As a yes, it did. Um, I think that a lot of times what happens is, is that because the parents don't have actual conversations with their children about mm -hmm. some of the stuff that they had to go through, um, again, parents aren't given a manual, which is why I say there should be parenting and child development courses in school to kind of give them an understanding of what it entails to be a parent. But if, again, you're outside, you, you don't have that, you don't have that support. We don't know what Mama D's backstory is. We have some glimpses of it but we don't know it in detail enough to say, well, you know what, she was just being neglectful because she mm -hmm. was probably what she felt she needed to do to provide for him. Was it the best living? Was it the um, um, the most ideal? No, but in her yeah. idea of resiliency and resourcefulness, this is what she felt she had to do in order to provide for him. Did it expose him to stuff that was unhealthy? Absolutely. Was there times where it may have been even abusive or neglectful? Most likely. But the fact is, is that in her mind, she believed that she believed that this is what she was doing to make a better thing for him. Mm. Um, 
Unfortunately, it did not, there was some damage as a result of it. That's where the conversation is necessary. And, and for me, my perspective isn't on judging the actions of a parent because what has happened has happened. You can't be going backwards to be able to rectify a current situation. What you that, can do is address it. Address it. Communicate what it was from your perspective. And often children will see things. They may not see things like you see them or from your eyes, but I'll get a better idea of what this was. Like, instead of you just feeding your child that whole mantra of do what I say and not what I do is very unhealthy when you are when you put that child out in the world with other human beings without a strong enough foundation. And, and I, I do have a problem with people having children and not doing the work that is necessary or needed for, that them, for them to then be the best parent they can be for that child to be the best adult eventually that they can be. But I you have an issue with that. I, and that's, and that's in that rightfully so. But I believe that, again, we have to take into consideration the parents. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of times what happens is, is that we are, we are quick to say, well, this parent didn't do this, this parent didn't do that, but this parent may not have even had that skill set to do that. And I get that. And, I, and get I, I get it. I get it. But you, you can't I, I, then sit when you are when you are confronted with the problem, you don't get to be defensive then. You don't. Because you, the same thing that you're arguing, that's what I'm saying. No, what you're I'm saying. hearing you, that person say, you, this was a problem for me. You may not receive that. And see, your for me it is, is that a lot of times when people go into communication, the assumption is because mm -hmm. I'm to, I'm an adult, I should be able to receive it. They may not have that ability. And they I get that. I totally get that because I'm an adult now. So I can get how you telling me something hurt you. It did, it did, that didn't, that wasn't how I saw it. That's not what, that wasn't my intention. And, but then you on the other side have to be aware and understanding that that person didn't intend to hurt me. But at the same time, these children are out in the world fucked up. And many of these parents have been able to move forward from their life choices where now that seed that you planted is now blossoming in me. And now my foundation is rocky. Now my foundation is fucked up. And you're able to compartmentalize that, put it away, not to say that you're good with it, but you've been able to deal with that and find a way around it or over it or through it. And now it is now manifesting in my life as a real problem. But and, that's, and that's, that's what I'm, that, and it didn't start with the parents. Let's look back to their parents and but, subsequent their parents. Like it's an assumption. And it didn't, it, I'm not even saying, we're not even gonna go back to what slavery was, but a lot of these issues, they have this ongoing and, and we don't know there's such a black hole in our past. But there needs to be some type of hard stop and acknowledgement that I fucked up. I had 12 children because I cared more about my legacy than I cared more about the individual children that I kept having. Well, I the cared more about being Master P to the world than I did about being a dad to my home. Like, that's my point. 
So that's that assumption because again, you're getting your narrative is this is from the child's perspective of what it's supposed to be to be a dad. And well, you can, I'm, and, I'm, I'm basing this off of me. But in my experience, I'm just using these stories as my example, but I'm basing it off of me. I don't I don't a, have a definition of a dad because I'm not a dad. Exactly. I am a dad, but you, my definition you, of a dad is something can, that I've grown to understand. Not necessarily I just have this one particular thing that this is what a dad is. I don't have that in me. No, what I'm saying to you is, is that that's where it becomes an issue because we have this one size fits all model and it doesn't work that way. Well, it, I, but but again, we, we can't keep pushing that narrative either. Only because I don't believe is everything is gonna fit every person, but your as in terms of let's start with just the parents, your decisions is what shaped the person I am today. Now moving past this, now it's on me. So now I am cleaning up the decisions that you made for me. That's a choice. It's a choice, but many people have to get out of that box of decisions that were made for them. That's a choice. You don't have to deal with that shit. You're choosing to. I, 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 honestly, that that is a fucked up statement to me. Only because these things have made me who I am today. Now, I didn't understand how all these different pieces brought me to this point. I am now living the results of whether I can keep a job or keep a relationship or deal with my own children. And I'm going, I'm doing the work on myself to be able to move forward. There is no choice in me having to deal with who I am. I have to see me every day. Yeah, you do choose to take a look at me every day. And those things are physically, it's not like a shirt I can take off. It is in me. And I have to get this out of me. Pick on nobody else's shit. You're choosing to do that. Your mother stuff is your mother stuff. No, your no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not speaking about you, you wanting your parents to change. I am talking about what now is you. Mine is everybody around you. Mm -hmm. So those things that are now, there were seeds that were planted in the parenting stages of your life are now, you as an adult, are now coming to the surface. You don't know how to deal with other human beings. You don't know how to talk to other human beings. You don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to control your own anger. Those things are all symptoms and behaviors from our foundation. Okay. And I'm, and I'm not blaming anybody. What I am saying is, and it seems to me, what I'm starting to see now, I see a lot of 50-something, 60-something-year-old parents of adults who have figured out a way to get through it and most of them have not given that to their children realizing that i was a really fucked up parent at one time in the beginning because there was no man and i've been able to or not be able to deal with this now i have a child or children in this world that are dealing with the results of my parenting mm -hmm. and i'm not giving them the things that they need to get through that so when so they come to me and confront me with this, I am now defensive. To give you what they don't have. 
just it's the assumption we all, we all just gonna keep going through this cycle. But a lot of people fail to realize so your parents, so what you're saying to me is your parenting, your parenting begot me. And I just gotta pass this, I gotta keep passing this shit along. No, what you but you're not hearing what I'm saying. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is that you're asking for people to give something they don't have. I get that. I, and okay. I acknowledge that. But somebody at some point has to be strong enough to say, hey, I fucked up. But if there may not be anything that I can personally do to fix this. And that is now on your shoulders. But I'm sorry. And I so, understand that there are people who don't even know how to do that. Hey, you can say I apologize, but the fact of the matter is, you can't sit back. If I, for say for instance, our great grand, my great grandmother, who had mm -hmm. a child when she was thirteen, and mm -hmm. her her husband was fourteen. What the fuck does she know about managing anything at thirteen and fourteen? Right. No, and mm -hmm. so for what life looked like for my grandmother is completely different from what life looked like for me. But what, what, what is happening, I think it looks like blaming, but it's just really somebody saying, I need help fixing this. Well, the what fact is this, what happens? Communicate because often what is what I see happening, these children don't even know how they got to this place. The parent has had all these years to realize who they were. And this is where I fault us. Because a lot of times what happens is, is that people will sit back and say, well, it's the parents, it's the parents, it's the parents, but they'll see shit going on and don't say, this is a resource. This is some information because mm -hmm. I see enough. But well, see, and, and honestly, and for me, that is what my artistry has been led to. I could have been very selfish and just been about what I needed. <laughs> and I think I would have been where I would have been more comfortable in life. But there are a lot of people who are trying to do it, but we have parties that are not willing to even accept their blame or accept, now, and I know blame is a, a horrible word to use. They're not willing to accept their part in whatever the outcome is. And that's okay. It's, they don't it's not okay though. It's not okay. Not you, may not, you may not be equipped to handle it or deal with it, but you have to at least be at a space where you could say, that's what it is. And I don't buy, I, I don't buy, because we, we can understand that in parents, but the children who are the, the reaction to that piss poorness, they don't get a pass. But see, what now they are adults. See, this is where we fuck up. Because we're too busy trying to convince the other person to accept the issues that they done did instead of actually focusing on what is that we need to do. And, and that is, that's, but see, that's, and I'm, I keep saying, this isn't about blaming anybody. But that's, but you, have you have now my generation, the generation behind me, the generation ahead of me. You have a number of people who have gone through life up until this point with a very warped sense of what good, bad, and different is. And my problem is not necessarily that That's parents, awesome. quote unquote, parents haven't stepped up, but I see a lot of parents who have become very well-adjusted. 
based off of the life that they're leading and what resources we have today. Meanwhile, the children of those brokenness and half-truths and all those things are suffering often in silence because they have been left and pushed out into the world as adults and like, I can't deal with it. You're wondering why your child can't be loving or open or productive. And your rearing has got them to that place. These but four stories. Which you, a part of that, that, I believe that a lot of people don't really understand is that this generation of children that you're talking about is a part of a generation that children, they were, children were being had as a form of punishment. The child having uh, Yes, no. I, I don't think my generation was. Maybe the generation ahead of me. Uh, if you're in your 30s and your 20s, that was a form of punishment. I don't. I don't think. No. No. I don't think. I. I don't think that's true. You I don't think that's true. And think, and I say that. I only say that because a lot. Of these, I, I, I just don't. I don't believe that. Doesn't. I think these parents. Like, up alongside your children. The generation of our parents, I believe that was a form of punishment. Like my mother's generation and her siblings. So if you like 45 and up, I think that's when it becomes they had children out of punishment. So before that, before that, it was just a, a we don't have a, we don't so, have an understanding of age. So what well, I'm saying, I don't think these generations. I think my generation and back are having children, so they have someone to love, right? Which is a part and, of that. and have some type of ownership in the world. I don't right. think that that's punishment. Yeah, I think the generation before us that was about punishment. Yo, you will have this fucking child, and and but then what happens as a result? I mean, it just continues on. So, so we continue so, to have children outside of wedlock or outside so of, of two healthy parents, whether they married or not. So now you have now you have your mother, right? Mm -hmm. Or in your generation, who has who had a, me? Who has you? But they had their idea of raising a child as pop. They didn't have a framework for it. Because the parents before them were so far left of where these parents are. These took so the, the people in my age group and younger are making shit up as they go in a different way than our parents and grandparents did. Exactly. The difference is a lot of these children, like a lot of my friends that had children young, like my sister or my cousin. There was nobody, and, and it started to, it, I'm not going to say nobody. So the people in my generation is where it started to split, where people stopped showing you how to clean a bottle or raise or, or would say things to you to help or almost prevent. It became so liberal during my generation where parents would allow you to have a boyfriend they know you was fucking. So it became very, I, I had the pendulum swung the other way in my opinion. So I think it was less of a punishment and more like, look, I ain't got time for this shit no more. 
that's what I think people <laughs> stop. We don't have mentors. We don't have a lot of those people started leaving in my think, generation. Think about it though. Also, if you think about it, if I'm if I had you when I'm young, why would I feel as a issue with you having a baby when it's young? When you're young. Well, if I if I was having sex at 15, why do I have why would I make it feel like you something wrong with you having sex at 15? I was having sex. Well, and if, that's the part that's confusing to me because our great grandparents were 13 and 14. Our grandparents was 15 and 16. Our parents were 17 and 18. But what was so but, it wasn't something that was necessarily new, but it but was that, being treated differently. But that so was somehow, a, wasn't you 14? So the, that was the purpose to it. When our parents, our great-grandparents was having, it was a different era. It was agricultural. It was necessary for you to have a large family. So you started off early because you had, you had, they were all working for the family. It's but not was the, that ever communicated though? Well, that's because we, a lot of times what happens is, is that that's where it's missed with our elders. And mm -hmm. a lot of you don't have those conversations with your great-grandparents or your great-aunts mm -hmm. and uncles to understand that it was a different era. That's right. why I was saying that a lot of things that we are seeing is a product of um, a lack of communication. And even though, even because like, I absolutely, I don't want you to think that I don't understand what you're saying and I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. I, do. I don't get that. I believe that there are so many factors that we have to take into consideration as to why you're seeing, the, you're seeing what you're seeing. Because I believe that honestly, I. I'm never going to minimize um, Little Romeo feeling the way that Little Romeo feels. Um, what Why? Because he wasn't in that household. We no, I, I wasn't in mm -hmm. that house. But also, his feelings are his feelings, and mm -hmm. you can't. He's not. That's his how he feels. So right. I can't. No one can go up to him and say he's wrong for feeling that way. Those are his feelings. What mm -hmm. we have would be able to say, let me understand why, what is it that I've done so that I can resolve that. You get what I'm saying? And what I'm but saying that's is- that's the part that's being missing though. That's right. the part that's missing. That's, that's not that, that individuals are refusing to do. But I don't, I don't think that they're refusing. I don't think they know how to. And I think that I, that's- and I, and I, but I, I get what you're saying, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, I don't think it's a fact of knowing how to. I think it's, I was doing the best I could with what I had and I did this and I, and, and they saw the work. And that's why I said, as an adult now, the mm -hmm. argument that I could have had with my mother had I had it, I would have had a different argument with her, say in my twenties, as I would right now at 39. One, because I know what it feels like to have to choose between gas and electric or cell phone or putting food over the table or paying for, I understand those life decisions now. However, right. what I don't get is how, how parents or, and for me, my, my statement that I read on Facebook was for the village at large, because somebody is watching this from the outside and able to see the both arguments and nobody is willing to step in anymore. But nobody is willing to deal with, and that's that's and that's one of the things that I say stop started happening in my generation. People stop saying, "Hey, mom, look, this is fucked up." You know that, right? So I'm gonna but, help you 
get through that stopped happening little by little to now the people who are parents in my generation are now living the results of only getting morsels. So their children have even less to go by. Because the, because the parents weren't, a, a lot of it has to do with um, that whole, it became separatist, you know? Um, you didn't have, again, like I said, that you didn't have that same cohesion. You Everybody talked about, you know, it takes a village, but that village has been damaged. That village has been separated. Um, people, yeah. you know, you can, what's going on next door? You, you mind your damn business. It's none of your business. You know, and that's where we are with things. And so it's a lot of, and um, a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. You some stuff, and what happens is it's not until things are too late. You know, um, it's not until there's a situation, a, 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 a twitch situation, and then everybody is, oh, what was the name? Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right. But the reality is, is that we've gotten into this, even to the point where, you can see someone get shot and you're putting it on social media instead of you actually taking your phone and saying, let me call 911 or let me let me get in there and stop and break this up. You were because, and 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 what you just said is my whole point behind this. Hindsight always becomes 2020. But the fact of is it I think our generation caught on to it. But it's been given to the generations behind me as a means to communicate. It was, and that's what, and it turned into a space of this is my platform. And, and that's how it was even marketed, social media. It was marketed that way to be able to express yourself and have a voice. What has happened is our voices has been tunneled through social media only. And to be able to voice my opinion, to be able to speak what's on my heart is now considered negative. Keep that shit to yourself. But I that's also what it, think, that's what it's become. I think also, I, I also believe and my attention is, an, is, is a drug. And I think that and I, I think that social media has um so people will do anything to get their fix. Mm. And so, and social media is the drug um, to the point where they're willing to do anything to get that like, to get that heart, to get that, um, you know, to, to get that spot in the limelight. You know what I mean? And so I just believe that with, and you see it a lot more with the unfortunate, you know, with uh, in the entertainers, you know, and their children, mm -hmm. um, because it's it all, feels more extreme. Even when they have a problem, look at it. Look at Facebook. Look at Instagram. As soon as you go through some shit, you put it on Facebook. You know, life is fucked up. Was me kind of kill myself. You know, and instead of actually saying no, no, that's not the place to get the help. <laughs> what you need to do in this moment is you need to go and you need to speak to this individual or that individual. And but that's not happening, though, Blue. That's not happening. It's that's, nobody is reaching out. I mean, every now and again, you'll you'll inbox the person like you good, but that's ver how many people are really can honestly say they do that. Because the how many thing, people who watch thing, don't thing, like, don't comment, but just watch. But that's because people are now what. They're desensitized. 
That's mm -hmm. like if you're looking at, um, remember we had that video, it was on VHS, Faces of Death. Um, and it was like fucking six CD, six tapes and stuff. And all they showed you was different ways people died. They was, you know, stoning them and stuff like that to the point where you could see the shit and it was now entertaining. That how yeah. is, and that is to me an issue. Now, when I I couldn't see um uh Freddie Krueger and all that stuff like that because that messed up my head. I couldn't see somebody get decapitated and I just not have a nightmare because it fucked me up. But mm. we have living in a generation with individuals that are aren't as sensitive to a lot of the things that they should be sensitive to. Well, or they're either they're overly sensitive to it or they're very much so just don't have the capacity to be able to even deal with it. Yeah, and I, what, what I'm starting to see in my circles of people, I'm starting to see people who don't communicate their feelings or when something's wrong. And that's for fear that people go simply talk about them or spread their information throughout the community. And that's a, that becomes a problem because my information isn't even safe with the people it should be. I should be able to, you got, it just takes me back to a friend. Mm -hmm. uh, her, her dad died, he had stage four cancer. Right. Come to find out he had known for months, didn't mm -hmm. say anything. And when she was trying to reconcile, the only thing that I could do to comfort her, I was like, he wanted to feel normal. He wanted to feel normal. He did not want to feel like people were picking and prodding at him or, you know, going around telling the rest of the, he wanted to feel normal. And that was his way of leaving the way he wanted to leave. And, and even with that small example, uh, which isn't, which isn't necessarily typical in today's world, because everybody knows something because somebody feels a need to tell something that you told them in confidence. That's not even, and confidence isn't even a thing no more. You know, every conversation is being, uh, preface with don't tell nobody what I'm about to tell you because we just know that people can't hold water anymore and the, the idea of now translating that to a, a parent-child relationship I can't mm -hmm. even come to you with my hurt because you go personalize it and make it about you like in most cases I don't even think children are saying I blame you parent but this is affecting me Right. Before I even find the source of the problem, you're already disregarding what I'm feeling because you don't want to feel less than as a parent. But that's why you're supposed to ask, and I think this is why I said earlier, a parent has to be able to ask about the intention. Like, what is it that you need from me and what is it that you want from me and how can I help you get through this? But they, most times that child just want to feel better. So the only reason I have a question, I question you, me telling my motives, because often I don't, if, if you're in the midst of whatever stress or depression you're in or trouble sometimes, I don't know, I don't know what to say to you. I, I don't know what to say to you. I just, I watched the Jeffrey Dahmer series. Mm -hmm. And I watched how his grandmother aided in embedding his behavior. I watched how his father uh, did the same thing, but was distant from him and put it all on his grandmother. I watched his mother say, well, I, I wasn't there. So I don't, 
you know, and, and at the end, all of them had to reconcile with who, and they all began to point the finger at each other. Like, you knew this was happening. Well, you you wasn't there. Or you were taking drugs when he was a baby. So everybody begins to blame everybody but themselves for their part in what makes this. And I'm not saying a child grows up and kills people and that becomes a parent's problem, but very few parents are raising their children to be killers. And oh, well, I'm not saying that there's not parents out there that's doing that, because they are. But I'm yeah. saying in the best case of work, best best case scenario, that's not happening. And even neglect isn't, I don't think it's necessarily a, a focused choice. It just this how I was raised. I don't think I, I think for a lot of people, people don't realize that they're being neglectful, but they are because it's something that is right. so you know it was, um, I, it was their birthright. That's what happened to them, that's how they were treated. But I believe what you're saying, and I do agree. I just think that and there is a level of um, paying attention, you know, and uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. adults being adults don't pay as much attention as they need to. And that's where the neglect is. It's the fact that you're not doing, you're not able to pay attention for various reasons. Um, I'm thinking of all of the individuals that you named that you in this list, and I'm just looking at their lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Okay, get this man, you don't become a billionaire by just you know, sitting doing a nine to five. In order for you to build a be a billionaire, you have to have several sources of income, which is probably means that you're working around the clock. Um, and mm -hmm. of providing that level of um, um, attention where you're monitoring, you're you know, you're having a conversation with your child. That's where the neglect happens because what you may do is you may put things, you put fillers in. So, you know, I got my kid in basketball, um, mm -hmm. he, he in a sports, he in a basketball, he in a um, theater, he go to an Ivy League school, he go to this, that, and the other, he's doing all of these activities, but you're not aware of what he's learning mm -hmm. because you're not there. Or the fact that, that those things are not substitute for you. Exactly. And the fact is, is that because of that, now there is an attachment issue because you don't have a rapport with the child. They know they recognize you as the parent, but they don't recognize you as the person that they can they can communicate with. And so when stuff starts to happen to them, when they're going through those developmental changes, you are not aware of all of the emotional, physiological or psychological turmoil that they're going through because you're not there. You're not, and so now think about it. That's just on their end. Now look at our parents, my parents, right? Now you in a poor household and you have to make ends meet. And in order for you to do that, you have to get your ass up and you have to go to go to work, maybe work double, which if you think about it, that's 16 hours and the eight hours you're sleeping. And in that process, your child is a latchkey kid. And so you done told them how to take care of themselves without you. So they're growing up without you. All the time, you're sending them into the world where they're going to learn stuff from other children who are doing the same thing. Because, because of the social the society and the things. And I'm not making it as, as an excuse. What I'm but saying is we're not taking into consideration the factors that influence why things are the way that they are. And right. one of the 
even in this situation with the Nick Cannons. Nick Cannon's a billionaire. You know, he has a, he has several sources of income. Yeah, he can financially do it. But is he able to actually provide them with the, uh, the one fund? You know what I'm saying? Um, look at Mariah Curry. How is it? I, 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 it's always amazing. So how do you parent a child when you're on the road for so many months out of the year? Just touring and singing and doing interviews and making appearances and doing this, that, and the other. When do you have the time to say, um, um, let's have a conversation about sex or let's have a conversation about what are your dreams and aspirations? Who do you build that? How do you build that connection with your child? Because that's very important. That's and, very and important. I, and and I, I see and I hear all of that. My perspective is still, I need for those who had a hand in bringing someone into the world to do the work that is necessary. Even if you don't know, take a step in some direction, whether it be first sitting down with your children and just doing a temperature check. I don't agree with me as a child having to come to you and state my intentions. I don't agree with that because now you're gauging whether the value of what I have to say to you. I don't agree with that. Especially when you're dealing with parents aren't even, if you don't know enough to be able to fix the things that were wrong in you, you don't have enough in you to be able to gauge my intention. No, so as a child, you, that's, that's, and that's important that you teach them that. That's mm -hmm. what parenting is about. If you don't have an understanding of what you're feeling, you, mm -hmm. I don't know what is it that you're feeling. If it's hurt, say it's an ouchie. If you're feeling left out, give them that range of emotions. But you have to be able to teach that. I think what, that, what, what you can't, that what it's we, very hard to teach that when that child important. is no longer a child. It's this hard is, for you to teach that. When we as adults fuck up with children, we don't give children the credit that they deserve in their intellectual capability. Mm -hmm. They're smarter than we give them credit for. Yeah. It's the fact that we dumb them down. They're not stupid. And so what happens is, is then no. we sit back and we say, oh, you, we, they don't know, they don't know. That's not true. Because no. what we're seeing is them being aware of stuff and not having an opportunity to articulate it. That's why you're here in a situation with a little scrappy. You know, I was a child when this happened, but guess what? I was aware it was happening. And we should have said something about it. We should have had a conversation, but it didn't happen. And so that's why I was saying that, you know, we... When a child comes to you and says, this is what is going on, that's when the conversation, this is when you help them develop that communication skill of knowing what it, what, what is it that we're doing. Are you talking to me to vent? Are you talking to me to find a solution? Are you talking to me because you need me to, you know, we need, we need options. What, what, what is this? What are we doing here? Because let me. That, that what you're speaking about. That should have happened as a child. Absolutely. Not not when I've manifested these behaviors or these this impression or this stress based off of you not doing that when I was old enough to be able to absorb it and then regurgitate it. And that's my problem. If you were not well-rounded enough to be able to instill those things in me as an adult, you got to come at this totally different. Now you're not gauging the value of what I'm bringing to you. You are listening. 
And then you're able to regurgitate what you heard, and then we can come up with possibly a solution. But because so, both so of us are adults at this point. What am I listening for? You're listening to you're listening to them. Often you don't know what you're listening for. Just so, listen to them. So what I'm listening happening. So that's what I'm saying. When you're saying you're listening, there has to be an intention of what I'm listening for. So just, but but that, that doesn't. It doesn't. That's a therapist. A therapist has to understand your your that's your intention. A parent no. is simply no. listening to you because, no. because you have to know, but you have to know something in order to question it. You right. can't go into a you can't go into a conversation already with questions, and that person hasn't even expressed to you what is what they're feeling or what they feel is wrong or what they think is wrong. Because often that person may not necessarily be coming to you to blame you, but necessarily or or rather they're coming to you to say something hurts. And I okay. don't know what this is. So the intention is what? But that child don't often know what that or that adult don't often know what that intention is if they're under some type of stress or depression. They don't know what that intention is. And a child certainly don't know what an intention is. Oh, so I, it's, off, it's best to just li listen. So what trying I'm to figure out what the end result is and listen to what someone is saying in the moment. That's where, that's where, that's where communication is breaking down for me. Because now I have to give you the value of what I'm saying versus let me just give you the content and we can decide the value after. But parents are so busy trying not to, to avoid blame. So that I they want to know what, what are you saying to me? And you're not listening to me say, this thing that happened at this point hurt me. Okay. I've not been able to let it go. So, okay. And so your intention is to make me aware that you're hurt. And your but, that, but, but that's not that's not that individual's job to give you their list of intentions. Because you're already, you've skipped to the end of the conversation already by no, asking me what my intentions are. That's the reason why we don't communicate effectively. Because that's how, that's the reason why stuff, you want me to listen to you, but then you don't, that, so what am I listening for? You're telling me you, you're venting? Are you well, telling you're, me? You're speaking, you're speaking not as a parent right now, Blue. You're speaking as a therapist. A therapist needs to understand what those values are. And that's it. That's I mean, at, at some point you can discuss value and you can discuss intention, but sometimes people need to get it out. They need to get it out. And your your parents are so busy trying to treat their children like a therapist as if they are a therapist, instead of just being a per be a parent in this moment and just simply listen. The problem with people I gotta get out what the problem is. It's about skill development. When you yeah, go to, but I, I have to get out the problem first, though, dude. Sometimes you you haven't thought about what my intent. Sometimes this shit just hurts. It is heavy on me. I need to get it out to somebody I can trust. Okay. The person who caused after, it. After you get it out, what? Who knows at that point? Some for me, once I get it out. For others, it's just not there. And I cannot get